Welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah. This is a podcast. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. This is a podcast for online business builders who want to earn an independent living doing something that they care about. And every Friday, you know this by now, we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, uh, there's three of us. If we were NFL quarterbacks, Corbett would be Peyton Manning, full of firepower, with a skill set that, like his forehead, is ever-expanding. Oh, burn. Barrett would be Matt Ryan, cool and smooth from the ATL. That's Atlanta, folks. And Chase would be Colin Kahapernik. Kahapernik. Sometimes he'll leave you scratching your head, and sometimes he'll blow your mind. Either way, he's entertaining. Well, that's that sounds like me. Thanks, Brady Shearer from Canada, for that one. In this episode, listen, it's a spare, it's a special episode, first of its kind. Uh, we've collected some current events that we wanted to bring to your attention, and provide some uh, insight and banter around. Somehow, they all ended up working around the theme of speaking our mind or, or speaking your mind. It's one of the most common regrets of those who uh, who are on their deathbed saying like, oh, I wish I would have said what I meant most more, more often. Uh, and one of the ones that you could probably believe in most. I have a friend that says, I'm not going to believe that. Like, of course, what are you going to say? Your family's lying all around you, standing, standing around there, and you're lying in the middle. Of course, you're going to say like, I should have spent more time with my family. <laughs> so what we get into today is that uh, what have few big companies' mistakes have to teach us about self-employment, a surprising way to use Twitter for more engagement, oh, engage all the things, and a mistake MailChimp made in their new book, a handful of copywriting tips and tricks throughout. Follow along at home, fizzleshow.co slash 82. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. All right, you guys want to jump right into it? We've got a lot to talk about today. Some hot topics. This is... That's my like news sounding one. Okay, this episode of the show today is going to be current events, which means basically we get to talk about whatever the hell we want to. Is that what you had in mind for this? Do you think, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Corbett, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so, what do you think? That, what do you think, listener, right now could could expect after listening through uh, about fifty minutes of? Well, this? I, what do you think? I couldn't say that it was completely thought through, but it seemed like. There's all kinds of stuff going on all the time that's fun that we talk about, water cooler kind of stuff. I mean, stuff's happening all the time. Yeah, stuff. Things are going on right now. And um, and, and we haven't talked about those things yet. No. Sometimes for we instance, talk about what's going on in our own lives, but that's kind of boring. Like, give me a headline. Probably. What's one thing that might be going on right now? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on with Uber right now. And That's the, uh, kind, that's the kind of stuff that's going on. What, what other stuff's going on? Well, uh, I just got my iPhone 6 and I used Apple Pay for the first time the other day. That kind of shit going down. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Tell me what else is going down. You just saw a movie, Chase. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it yet. What else is going on? Wait, is this the preview section? Yeah, I kind of want to like, hey, listen, if none of this stuff sounds interesting to you, then, then, then leave right just, now. Just forward on. Just, yeah, that's okay. Just just go ahead and swipe. If you're in Overcast, just sw- swipe, delete this episode. We'll see you next week. Well, you know, uh, I was also pretty excited to find a new belt that will charge your phone. What else is going on? <laughs> uh, Slack, the uh, messaging software we use, just raised a ton of money to fund their company. I think that's yeah. cool. so. This is this is the kind of stuff that's going on, is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has been a great show. I've been chased. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff that's going on in the world with the guys from Fizzle. Headlines. My mailman just showed up at my front door. (laughs) (laughs) I had my teeth looked out. That's going to cost some money. Let's see. What else is going on here? Still looking for a good body rub. Sorry, sorry. Body wash. Body rub, too. Oh, yeah. Good. Looking for a body rub. Mm. What does that mean? I was just waiting for someone to stop typing. 
and just pick up the thread anywhere. I'm glad you asked. No, I'm kidding. Are you right? Are you ready for uh, for like? I think that's a good that's a good little overview. Okay. We also have some questions uh, that we might get to uh, by the end of this thing, but uh, I, I I wanted to honor the uh, the listener and try something new. How about that? Right. The listener has things that they want. They want it all the time. They want. They want it. They're like, "Hey, do more of the stuff, kid. Dance, you monkey, dance." But that's not what got got them to listen to us in the first place. That's not what felt like helpful things in the first place. What felt like helpful stuff in the first place was us trying it out. <laughs> so here we are in our first current events show. All right. Hey, Chase. We didn't have a chance to talk about this before the show, but did you get my little note about the challenge idea? I was just reading that when you when Barrett was calling me on this. You were just reading it. All right. Do you, you feel want to com- talk about it? You feel comfortable with me talking about it here? I I, I certainly do. Since seeing that, as I have no idea really what it was. <laughs> Perfect. Like, I was literally two sentences in. Perfect. You'll be fine with it. So, folks, we have a, a special challenge going on right now. Uh, as of the airing of this, you can head over to fizzle.co slash blog challenge. That's B L O G. C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E, for those of you who can't spell. You could throw a hyphen in there if you want to. I'll have it said I wouldn't. both ways. I wouldn't. Don't, don't make don't it about to. race. Don't Whatever. make it about race. Whatever. Um, the idea is that um, we're doing a blog challenge. And what I want to do is make this as simple as possible for people to start a new blog and to go through the first seven days of creating content for that blog. So what you get is, wait for it. You get discounted hosting. We have some specials going on right now with WP Engine and Bluehost, where you can get massive discounts on your hosting. You get Fizzle for free for three months, and this is open both to new and existing members. So if you're an existing member, uh, you have to sign up for hosting with either Bluehost or WP Engine. If you're a new member, same thing. Sign up with either WP Engine or Bluehost through our link. And this will all be on that page that I that I mentioned, fizzle.co slash blog challenge. So you're going to get discounted hosting, fizzle, yeah, you are. fizzle for three months, and you gotta be kidding me. a seven-day jumpstart email series from me. And the seven-day challenge is uh, going to help you get your blog off the ground as it's also going to help me get my blog off the ground because I'm going to start blogging again personally. Whoa! This is more important than all the other stuff. So first of all, hold on. Uh, let's mention a couple of things. Uh, WP Engine, we we like these guys just like we like Pagely and a lot of other managed WordPress hosting, which will cost you uh, roughly around twenty dollars a month typically, which is more than Bluehost, which is. Listen, if you're just getting started and you want to try something out to see how it'll work, just sign up for Bluehost through the thing. It's really affordable. It's it's fairly easy. But if you've already been doing it for a while, get into get into uh, a managed hosting thing like WP Engine. It may it's, it's much more secure. It's much faster. They're much more locked down in terms of what. Uh, I love that I'm selling that as a service. It's literally a benefit to you that they lock down some of the some of the free plugins you're allowed to put on your site. That's a good thing yep. that they keep that crap from bloating your site, from slowing down your server, from potentially doing harmful things to your database and stuff. So, anyways, it's just a layer of, of managed sort of safety, security, as well as speed. A lot of S's going on. A little bit of service. You might have some sort of like a civilitude, uh, maybe some something sibilance, mm-hmm. sibilance little sibilance. Um, so anyways, that's on the, the hosting stuff. When you do sign up to those links, well, I'm sure we get a little, I'm sure you've arranged yeah, that. We so, get a little so look, there's, a, there's, on the like back a, end. there's like a confluence of things happening here. First, I've been itching to start my own personal blog again. And okay, I thought, that's a current event. Let's get into that here and, in a and second. I, and I thought I might as well do it in public and get some other people to take a challenge as well and start their own personal blogs. The other thing was, we know people love a deal around this time of year, and we thought, hey, how could we give people... <laughs> A deal on Fizzle. So we're going to do this three month thing. If you sign up for hosting through one of our links on that page, fizzle.co slash blog challenge, um, all you have to do is forward us the receipt saying that you signed up for hosting, and then we'll hook you up with three months of free Fizzle, whether you're a new or existing member. The other thing is because these hosting companies are offering these discounts right now, this time of year, um, you're going to get a great deal on hosting as well. I think WP Engine is offering like four months if you sign up for an annual plan, which is pretty cool. I'm going to be using WP Engine for my own site, um, but if you go to fizzle.co slash blog challenge and sign up, 
Um, the first email that you get will explain the differences between Bluehost and WP Engine, why you might want one or the other, how to sign up, how to install WordPress, and how to get your first post up. And this is going to be a quick and dirty, down-to-the-nuts-and-bolts kind of blog challenge. There's not going to be two months of prep work before you launch your blog. This is going to be launch your blog on day one and learn as you go. Because I know that a lot of people kind of get overwhelmed by all the stuff that you could do. So instead, we're just going to make it a learn and fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. Just speaking from experience here, folks, Corbett knows what to do with the nuts. All right. Mm-hmm. So, the Corbett, bolts. tell the us about too. why, what, what? The bolts, too. I know what to do with those. <laughs> the bolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about what, what, what is this? What, this is new. This is new. I mean, originally, you had CorbettBar.com. Uh, before the, that, 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 you started before Free Pursuits? or Yeah, so, no, I, the first blog I started uh, was like five and a half years ago called Free Pursuits. And um, that transitioned into my personal blog. At CorbettBar.com. CorbettBar.com. And, um, and I started other blogs, Expert Enough, Think Traffic. And at some point, all of this kind of ended up like a lot of weight on my shoulders, trying to maintain yeah. a lot of different blogs all at once. So at this point, we've gotten it to where all everything that I've ever done has been consolidated under the Sparkline, if you head over there. And um, that's the only thing that we're maintaining actively. And at this point, you know, we we each publish once or twice a month, and it's very manageable. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot that I love about running a personal blog and that I really miss and, and that I just miss about writing in general. Yeah. Um, a lot of opportunities come your way from writing. It's pretty incredible. In fact, everything that I do now, I attribute to having started a blog on a whim when I was on a trip. And I kind of miss that and I want to get back to it. And I also don't want to overcomplicate it. I don't want to make it this big, arduous thing where I have to come up with some grand master strategic plan you know, and how it fits in and stuff. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. Um, Look at this, Barrett. Corbett's sort of in a mode right now. You sense that? Oh yeah. You sense that? We're seeing a little, a little bit of life there oh, in the old, in the old cavernous man. chambers of, of cold that, that won't impl- impact the bottom line. <laughs> sort of. Right. There's just been, Corbett's normally this, this, this old cave of just like, do you think that's going to be important to a revenue stream? <laughs> <laughs> That's just basically you throw ideas in it, and what comes back is just a question about really. You think that's important? Really, really, yeah, <laughs> totally. I can. I mean, to me, I I still keep ice to the brim, uh, which is my always been my like sort of uh, thing on the side. Uh, not thing on the side. It's just it's literally a bucket. I throw quotes in. That's what happens. I just did yesterday. I did like a two freaking hour interview with my friend Adam Clark from the Gently Mad. And if you, if you really want to lose your steam as an entrepreneur, if you really want to fall apart and question the questions and go like, why are we alive at all? Let alone trying to do a business. That would be an interview to do. I would recommend not listening to that. Uh, I would, I would not listen to that if I were you, but. What I'm getting at is during the course of that conversation, I went to Ice to the Brim about four times to find quotes that I had and, and stories that I had recently like just, just kind of barfed out on the page there. I just have a, a quick little text expander snippet. I grab something from, uh, from a book that I'm reading or something like that or from a blog post, throw it straight in, get the link attribution correct. Every once in a while, throw a horizontal rule underneath that and say like, oh, you know, a little bit about what this quote makes me think right now. And I love it. I can go back year after year and find all sorts of great quotes. Half of the things that became sort of that like tape recorder chase stuff about like, for example, the Steve Jobs um, uh, video of him talking about the most important thing in life uh, is that if you poke the universe here, something pops out over there and you can shape it. And all of truth that you see around you was created by people no smarter than than you. Yep. And I would add white men no smarter than you. But um that only became a thing to me is because I kept finding it on my own blog, you know, over and over and over again. And half the time I search Google, I type site colon ice to the brim.com, which I have a text expander snippet for, for site ITB immediately expands to that with a space afterwards. And then I can go Steve Jobs and find every time that I've mentioned Steve Jobs on the site and find that video real quick or Paul Graham or Brad Feld or you know, all of these guys that, that I'm like looking for that one quote for the thing. It's so great for me. This is what I love about it is to be able to find stuff to continue to continue to come back to later on. And I don't find myself writing a lot of, of written stuff there. I do want to challenge myself to write more like halfway personal type stuff on the spark line or whatever I'm dealing with in the mo- in the moment. You know, this is, we're in this really weird zone right now. We're, 
us fizzle because we are a publishing company. I mean, whether we, we can say that out loud or not, or whether that's, that's true or not, but, but I mean, we literally, we, we have a, a big audience and we have the responsibility to put stuff out there that this audience needs and desires and is curious about. And, and, uh, this will help them versus us scratching our own itch all the time. Even though scratching our itch all the, all, the whole time, that's what got us successful in this, pl- it, it got us here in the first place. Yeah. You know, so it's this real weird tension for me that way that I find, uh, just be able to throw up a quote and a couple words about it with where there's no cost to it. We're not sending out an email to freaking 40,000 people every time I do that. You know, it's like there, it, it's so simple that way. Exactly. So what do you, what do you think you're most pumped about for it? Um, I'm most pumped about getting back in the groove of, of sharing my own personal thoughts without having to make sure that they fit. With I had a really good salad today. They put some cranberries in it. Yum. And smoked trout. <laughs> hey let's keep the drug conversation out of here huh yeah don't try to smoke trout folks so just get just kind of writing for your own self again writing for my own self i mean it's it's definitely going to take you know certain directions you know obviously uh, i've written for a lot of different sites and it always comes back to um just finding fulfillment uh self-employment to me is one of the greatest ways to do that so i'm sure i'll write about self-employment um i also like to just think about um remaining viable as you get older you know what i mean i'm getting i'm i'll i'll turn 40 in a couple of years and i'm just thinking through like what does the next decade look like for me and how do i how do i remain viable and important and how do i have fun with my career over the next decade as i get older and what does that mean if you're if you're writing publicly and all those sorts of things. Uh, I'm moving to Portland. I don't know if we've told people that, but uh, I am indeed moving to Portland towards the end of this year from San Francisco. So that's going to be interesting. I'm sure I'll be writing about that. Um, writing about what it's like running a distributed team. You know, we all live in different places, although I'm going to be closer to Chase. Um, what that's like, and you know, when I'm in Mexico, and what it's like to run a company from on the road. All those sorts of things. Um, I'm excited. I don't know what direction it'll take, but uh, I think just forcing myself to say, I'm starting a blog, tell the world that I'm doing that is going to make me get back in the habit pretty quickly. I'm so pumped for you, Corbett. I, I think uh, it's going to be exciting to really watch you like develop as a blogger. You know, we've been talking about uh, your skills for a long time and frankly, haven't really seen them in a long time. So uh, maybe this will be an opportunity to actually be impressed by you. Yeah, you know, really, I hope you blossom. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> But the, honestly, this this blog uh, challenge is cool. I like it. It's seven days. It's not a big thing. It's like, I've been wanting to get a blog up for forever. Here's how we do it. And if you'll have, I, honestly, I'm going to tell people, uh, we should send those emails out from your email address, Corbett, and have people respond to them if they have any, qu- uh, <laughs> but not questions, not que- not like, should I do a blog on this or that? Like, trust me, we have hundreds of those questions all the time and we can we can barely keep our head above water don't ask that ask like oh hey uh should i go with this plan or that plan or what's this that or the other if you need to but try not to ask questions unless you unless you really need to and we're there to help yeah so i, so so, I did that so, so that's something like that corbett at <laughs> so um, okay uh, before so we move on the, how long what? is this good for corbett how long do they get a chance uh, to do this for? That's a good question. By the time this is posted, we will have that specific detail. I uh, I had a date in mind, but I thought otherwise about it. So go to fizzle.co slash blog challenge and uh, get the full details. It's certainly up right now if people are listening to this within at least a few days of this episode going live. Excellent. And I certainly am listening to this within a few days of this going live. You probably listen to it before it goes live. That's how good it is. Totally. Shoot. You got me, man. Oh, you got me, man. I was always listening to this before it goes live. Guys, I have a a good segue from Corbett writing on his own blog to current topics. Let's hear it. So, uh, have you heard of tweet storms? Yeah. (sighs) No, but I want to. So, I've been using. It reminds me of coverage of the war in Iraq Mm. (laughs) for some reason. Good. Good, yeah. I was still kind of young at that point, so. Yep, but you weren't. <laughs> you were. You were. You were definitely achieving. Mm-hmm. Good point. Were, mm-hmm. And when you, you said young. that, when you said that, I was just thinking about which war you were talking about. But I guess you weren't even born for the first yeah, Iraq war. I, yeah. Never it, mind. You were young, but you were already reading. You had already read more John Maxwell than I will ever read. <laughs> <laughs> he was knee deep into Ayn Rand. <laughs> I was actually helping he Jim is. Collins set up his initial studies. Oh, he was oh, planning so. his Who is John Galt tattoo. You were uh-huh. planning on going from five years old to great. 
good that's right that's right (laughs) (laughs) i love that so much all right go on tell me what a tweet storm is i'm dying to hear so tweet storms are basically uh series of tweets that make up one complete thought or series of thoughts oh yeah okay to got it topic yeah you, so you, you put like one of and, five in the thing yeah right which it. i yeah. never got the whole one of whatever how the hell do you know how many tweets you're gonna tweet well but, you got to compose it in the thing beforehand what do whatever you, well, you so, have to be able to, to count to as far as you want to go lately i've been trying this out because i don't really have time to write long blog posts on my own site but <laughs> who does anymore enjoy expressing thoughts that don't necessarily belong you know on the sparkline at fizzle And it's gotten a lot of interaction. Like people seem to really enjoy it, actually, as long as you're not obsessive and out of control with them. Um, I've been doing about one a day and it gets a ton of back and forth with people on Twitter. It's been really fun and interesting, actually, as an experiment. Okay, so so what's a give me an example. Can you read off one of your examples like the whole the whole thing? Oh, you know what makes really compelling radio? Reading off reading tweets. tweets. Hey, no, actually, I, I'm curious because what, what you've done is you've put together an idea into a concise amount of characters, and then you've strung them together in such a way as to be uh, time sensitive, space sensitive. Uh, you shoved it out into the world as if people cared what you had to say. I'm, I'm interested to hear what. All you right, put so together. here's my one from today. It was on, and it segues into Uber. So this is perfect. Um, it was on Travis Kalanick and uh, the whole Uber exec team. So uh, one of the executives at Uber essentially threatened the founder of Pando Daily at a dinner for the company, but he said it to another um, reporter and it got back to the founder of Pando Daily and she wrote a response piece. So I read this and it annoyed me. And so I wrote the series of tweets. And the first one was, it's really too bad. We have misguided people running what could be great companies. And then I linked to the Pando article. So that was the response article from the woman who was threatened. And then I said, how can you be so dumb to say something like, We're going to go after her family and career and personal life. That was the second tweet. The third tweet was, to anyone, let alone a reporter, did Emil Michael, the Uber exec, really think it wouldn't get back to Sarah Lacey, the founder of Pando Daily? Fourth tweet tweet was, that's being punch drunk on money and power from a growing company that continues to see itself as invincible. Then I continue in the fifth one. I respect the hell out of the business model and acumen Uber has shown in fighting taxi unions, etc., but get over yourselves. Number six, Men need to start standing up and acting like real men with better values than to threaten and harass women. Number seven, we all have our insecurities and past transgressions, me included, but lashing out at others is definitely not the way to make up for it. Number eight, it'd be great to see more solid values-based leaders start and sustain huge companies with the ability to change the world. And then the last one, and and if they happen to beat out assholes running what could be great companies in the process, that wouldn't be a bad side effect. So when you say beat out assholes... Is that is that like another in the paint kind of thing? Is or are you talking about just taking an asshole and just beating it out? Uh, I'm really kind of talking about like if Lyft beat Uber and Lyft were run by values based leaders, that wouldn't be such a bad thing for the world. So I'm curious, Barrett. Uh, great yes. thoughts, great thoughts there. And uh, I'm curious, like, do you did you sort of compose that ahead of time? Um, no. This is his like live performance. He's like, no, I'm in the moment, man. I can't, I, yeah. I can't bring, I can't bring that kind of forethought to this. Honestly, it was like I posted the article and I was having all of these thoughts in my head, and it was like, oh, what the hell? I might as well share them. Did you, you know number? So- did you number these ahead of time? No. So no. I didn't do one out of nine. I just numbered them. Right, right, right. Got it. Interesting. You know, it makes me think of of how easy it would be to create a whole article around that, give, using those sentences as the last piece or the first piece in a chunk. Right, Definitely. so if each tweet. So it's an eight part. What is it? Eight part uh, tweet storm. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. you tweeted eight tweets that happened to come together in a, in a in a story, and then you could you could. I mean, it makes so much sense because just by that, the size of that box. You know what I mean? The size of that little. You know, you're entering your your work characters in here, and the characters are counting down. By the size of it, it brings a kind of immediacy and efficacy of of mind to the writing of the thing. And then you can take that, you've put it together, and now, all right, what do I need to prove to make this part true? What is a story I could tell about this part that proves it? What is, you know, you know, like all of those things that, that it's just one of those little, like, that could be a helpful way to, to turn a little thing into a more expressive, longer thing. But I'll be honest, getting back to the, the blog, like personal blogging stuff, I am just sick of long blog posts. Like, I, they're, they're, what they are is, is typically, uh, <laughs> like just most of the stuff that I land on 
like uh, Buffer talks about their most popular posts are always these big long ones, and I, I think that's that's most popular by shares, uh, not necessarily by um, I think engagement. I think there was a difference, that, and they showed the two differences maybe, but I don't know, man. Like why why is it that Corbett, you're you're jumping into a foray, and and Ver- you're talking about about this basically expressively showing an example. You're Corbett, you're going back into personal blogging stuff. The the blogs that I love the most is when Fred Wilson just kind of like farts out a thing that he thinks that doesn't have a it's it's not like some big thought out rage post or some big thought out thing. It's just like a hey, here's what I know in this moment. Here's a bit of advice. And most of what I've experienced of truth and wisdom in the world has been expressible in a little moment like that. Yeah, that's why I had to stop following uh, Seth Godin's blog because I can't reevaluate my life every (laughs) morning. You know, well yeah, it's like informed opinions with good taste. Yeah, but I, exactly. It's it, it's when we say things that we know, it typically ends up being pretty small. Uh, but that not not a bit of, like how many great articles have I read that have been long? How many phenomenal books have I read? Such phenomenal range. Sorry, that was that was. You remember that? That's uh, the James Franco roast again. Aziz, you're welcome. Look at you. You're so good. Such phenomenal range. <laughs> So good. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I, I I've been thinking about that because I mean it is so fun when a crystallized thing just farts out onto the page, and it is so hard to put something good together out of something long. But I did write a handful of things in my life that were long and were good. Like I wrote a piece on a year after uh, uh, the year anniversary of losing Rowan, and and I think it's one of the better things I've ever put together in my life. I look at that and I and it and I wonder how that happened. I, I, I'm I'm proud of me, uh, and I took a lot of work to get. Yeah, there. And I I think there's room for both, uh, and I think the the medium a lot of times kind of dictates that. You know, uh, not medium yeah. as in the website, although that does sort of dictate the length as well. But what what you're seeing Barrett talk about, and and what uh, I guess Mark Andreessen is kind of the one that's been popularizing the tweet storm idea because he just tends to go on a rant that's like comprised of a whole bunch of tweets. Um, obviously Twitter forces you to write everything in 140 characters or less, but that doesn't mean you can't string a bunch together. And I really, I kind of like how what you just said, Barrett, uh, turned out to be very coherent and well thought out because you were constrained. Each thought had to fit within a sentence. Basically it almost made it like poetry. Yeah. Each, each post had to have a point. And it has to stand on its own, right? right. There's no setup. There's no throwaway sentences. Yeah. I yeah. like that. That's good. So That's good. proper etiquette I learned right after I did it is to reply to your own tweet and then delete your handle. So it so that way it shows oh, up it as would a thread. String it together. Yeah. There's also there was there used to be a uh, I used to be in a, in another world. I was a, a you know we were making a product that that for a moment we thought would be a social media. Uh, analytics tool when i was at iterazi and so like radian six and all these enterprise social media tools like i was in all of them i knew how all of them worked and i you know did a bunch of stuff with all of these things and integrations and apis but uh there was a handful of things that you would compose these i can't remember any of the names now where you'd grab this tweet and that tumblr post and that youtube video and all these things and you would compile a story out of bits and pieces and then the reader lands on this page sees each piece and kind of is is able to put together the the pieces of the story themselves, um, which was a cool thing. So I think stuff like that is still out there, but I have no idea what what they are anymore. Um, that's yeah, very definitely. cool. So uh, not to move on too quickly from Uber, um, because this ties in with me moving to Portland. One of the one of the interesting things is Portland doesn't have Uber yet, or Lyft, or mm-hmm. any of those ride sharing services. And when uh, my wife and I made our big pros and cons list of moving to Portland, not having those ride-sharing services was in the con list because we use it so frequently here in San Francisco. And I just noticed the culture is a little bit differently. It's a little different in Portland. It's like uh, people just kind of drive a lot of places, and and that means driving at night after people have been out to the bars is probably a little dicey. And I really wish they had Uber or some other service because it's really, really hard to get a taxi late at night there, Yeah, which is a total bummer. But then when we brought it up recently, Chase, you and I were in a conversation with a friend of yours in Portland and yeah. we we talked about it and he was very adamantly opposed to Uber being in Portland, which seems so weird, right? Because it's such yeah. a great service, but his was purely based on the values of the company and, and what they are and what they do to enter new markets and how they treat their drivers and 
that sort of thing. And, um, it's interesting. All this stuff is kind of erupting at this point. And, you know, the surge pricing that pisses people off lately. It seems mm-hmm. like you can't get an Uber in San Francisco without being during surge pricing. So their claims about UberX being cheaper than, um, you know, cheaper than a taxi are rarely true anymore. And it seems like disingenuous, you know, they could set, they could say, yeah, the, the rate is cheaper than, you know, anything. And then just always have surge pricing, so it really doesn't matter what they say. They also say that Uber drivers earn $90,000 a year or something, and I just saw a long, in-depth article that estimated that the average Uber driver actually probably makes around $31,000 a year when you subtract all of the car maintenance. You know, A lot of people don't realize Uber drivers actually use their own cars. Um, so anyway, it's interesting. I... I uh, I hope that one of them succeeds and maybe Lyft will win out because like Barrett said, people agree with their values more. I think, uh, th- listen, listen to me, yawn, yawn blogger, yawn, uh, yawn self-employed person asking yourself, what the hell does Uber have to do with my, what, what, what are you guys talking about right now? This is what I love about this conversation. Uh, uh, because Uber's one of these massive startups with huge, huge amounts of investment and massive needs to return on that investment to show the growth of the company going, you know, scaling, you know, so incredibly much every month after month after month after month after month, right? Um, they've, they've, they have to do this shystery things. They've convinced themselves that they have to, right? And, they, and, in in some ways, right? Some you could you could argue that, but this is this is all of this this finance, all of this uh, this I don't know whatever this model of the VC culture, which can be so effective in certain situations. Like if you want to start up an airline company, you're probably not going to be able to bootstrap that, you know, unless <laughs> unless you're uh, I don't know someone someone who can bootstrap an airline company. I don't know, but like there's a lot of situations where VC is the only uh, viable model, and it's been great. But now we're in this massive bubble of the tech world, and all this stuff's going on. And it's real easy for me as a little self-employed designer, writer, or a podcaster, or a blogger, or an illustrator, or a knitter, or just general audience maker and go-getter on the YouTubes and the internets and the things like that. It's really easy for me to go, well, I'm not like a real business person. I'm not like a, I'm not like one of those real businesses where like they actually have money and take money and do all that other stuff. Uh, I'm just a little thing when you're supporting yourself or you're heading towards it and you're getting there. And I, it's, a, it's like a nonstop fight in my, in my stupid psyche and in so many of the psyches of my friends to say, listen, you are doing it. You are it. And in the running community, there's this saying that like, don't, be don't worry or wonder if you're a runner runner or not if you run you're a runner right just because that person ran 200 miles and just because that one did 26.2 in two hours and just because this guy's running a three and a half minute mile and just because you only get to do your first mile today you're welcome you're a runner that you're if you're doing it you're a runner and that's what conversations like this help me it's a, for, i don't want to like be yeah but excited i mean i think it also pain, it, but, i think it also you know just kind of points to the fact that when when you're playing that big money game money is the goal and yeah. um one of sarah lacy's points i think in one of her articles was just that vcs tend to invest in assholes because they're better at making money and really that's what it all comes down to there aren't really a whole lot of values involved but when you're running your own company, you get to decide what those values are, and money will be one of them. But it's not the be-all, end-all, and you don't have to let capitalism be the only thing that you care about. Um, you know, there are new structures. Even there's a there's a B Corp, a benefit corporation, where the company charters. Yeah, how are, cool do those sound? Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. But there's a um, lot of regi- there's a lot, I've, I've actually on uh, this week in startups, which is one of the podcasts that I still listen to, as long as it's not like a news roundtable or some live event type thing. There's been a handful of those uh, that have started up uh, that I've heard the stories of, and there are so the the uh, uh, B Corp uh, has to there's certain structural regulations you have to have in place and it does kind of make your life pretty tough because you're basically a for-profit charity in some ways or a a uh i don't know it just a a, i I don't know how how else to to explain it but you have to like certain amounts of your revenue have to head towards this that and the other and you have to show that and prove that so you do have to do stuff but it's it's this new socially conscious socially aware uh way of of 
or socially s- beneficial, so- socially beneficial way of setting up the corporation itself, uh, yeah. which is fascinating. Yeah, and and you get to decide what those values are when you run your own company, and and that's really cool. And and so you know, be thankful if if you're running a small business. Don't don't feel like I'm not a real entrepreneur. Be thankful yeah. that you're running a small business and that you get to decide those things, and that you don't have some massive board of directors and venture capitalists, um, and uh, and some cutthroat CEO at at your helm trying to steer the company into doing whatever it takes to get bigger. Yeah, that's right. And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to, you know, if you're putting an image out there, this goes back to the whole personal branding episode we did a while back. It's like, if you're putting an image out there and you're saying your company is about something and that looks like one thing. And then on the weekends, you're out doing stuff that's clearly not aligned with your branding and people are paying attention to that. You know, it's going to piss somebody off. What, what, what sort of things sense. are we talking about? You're out teabagging people at bars on the weekend? Yeah, or, I mean, or whatever. Or you're at, or well, you're he's at talking dinners. about going deep in the paint on beating some up, or whatever he yep. said about Uber. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I just mean like if you're, you know, out at a dinner and threatening people and, you know, you're whatever. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Sure lo- you're right. Uh, yeah, tell me really quick because you mentioned uh, similar to this, uh, this, this desire, this need, this craving for money that uh, that I can how you set up your business. Barry, you were talking about uh, uh, Coca-Cola's having uh, these things. I don't know about uh, this. Oh, man. Coke's having. So the only, re- only reason I know about this is Coke's in my hometown. Yeah, you're in Atlanta, Atlanta baby. And uh, so it's a big thing right now is that Coke had like a 14% drop in profits in their third quarter. And so they're going through all these Which internal just, structural to me, changes. I, I'm just going to go ahead and interpret that for me. It sounds like things are not going very well for Coca-Cola. Is that is that right? <laughs> that that would be wait, very right. Barrett, I, I thought they came out with it, with cans with people's names on it, and that turned the company around. Okay, so this is the great irony in the whole thing, is immediately upon getting those financial results or publishing them, they, well, technically the CMO retired. So their chief marketing officer said he was retiring. And so... They had just had this amazing uh, share a Coke campaign where they had names printed on bottles and cans and all this. And it caused a ton of buzz in the world that'll probably win marketing and advertising awards. And yet the first thing they did was fire the CMO. And I think that's so interesting because what that means to me is the way they're approaching it internally is that it's a marketing problem, not that it's a product problem or that they're no longer serving the audience or the customers that they set out to serve but that they just need to market differently and they'll be able to sell plenty. What's interesting about that is, I mean, Coke was put on the map by marketing. Most of the products that are staples today, yeah. that's exactly how they got put on the map. Was They were made by marketing. That's why advertising, I mean, Coca-Cola uh, was one of the large American sort of institutions of advertising. Um, that like, if, you, if your account got... If your agency got that account, like you were like, oh, it's like, Chrys- it's like Chrysler. It's like, yeah. right. you know. And so now what they're running into, though, is this culture of transparency, uh, informed consumers, people with different values about their health and well-being. And so products that previously nobody knew what was in them and nobody cared what was in it. Now people are like, wait, you serve that to me over and over and that's what you've been marketing <laughs> right. to me all this time? Are you kidding me? But uh, it's every, okay. Every it tastes delicious. A, it tastes like happiness. Open a bottle of happiness. They're zero like the calories. New, they're like the new cigarettes, really, right? Yeah. I mean, every week sure. there's yeah. a new study that shows how how horrible it is for your health. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on from Coca-Cola because I'm already bored. Um, <laughs> what, what else is going on in the world? You mentioned Slack. What's going on with Slack? Let's stay, stay with another company, but keep it short. All right, so Slack we love at Fizzle. They're one of our main tools that it's we use. It's basically a chat app for colla- for teams, for collaborating. We'll just leave it at that, I guess. Yeah, so you can go read about what it does. But they're doing really well, and they raised $120 million. Let's break that, that up real quick. By, by they're doing real well, it's the fastest-growing startup of all time. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, fastest-growing business-to-business startup or, or overall? It's gotta, I mean, yeah, it's got to have some qualification that way. I but think, it's, sure. it's, it's growing like a rocket ship. I think you can put it next to graphs of Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and it's like growing faster even. Yeah. And it's so they kind of position themselves as a little bit of an email killer and they're kind of doing it. You know, a bunch of people tried to say they were going to do that. And I think they're pretty successfully cutting a significant amount of email out from Teams functions. Oh, yeah. I think it's just so great. I mean, I hate email. And for us, it's all we communicate through. Yeah. Yeah. So they um, they raised a, a phenomenal amount of money and 
and they're pretty young. And the interesting thing about them is um, their founder, Stuart Butterfield, he was one of the co-founders of Flickr. With, with one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time, Katarina Fake. Katarina uh, Fake, yep. She's someone that I've paid attention to for forever as well, and, and someone I need to check in more often because she doesn't write very often, but she's fascinating. I love the way that she thinks about these things. Keep going. So they, uh, he or they, whatever, um, are essentially the king of the pivot um, because Slack was an internal company tool. They, I forget what they were building. It was a game or something that they were building, and they built an internal company tool for communications, and um, they thought, hmm, this is really useful to us. What if we let other people use it? So they used their internal tool to create Slack, and um, and it took off. And the same thing is true of Flickr. I believe um, Flickr was a pivot. Uh, they were trying to create something else and ended up building Flickr instead, and that took off and sold successfully to Yahoo for what, at the time, it's pretty funny, it seemed like a massive amount of money. I think they sold for maybe $60 million to Yahoo or something, and it was like one of the great acquisition stories of yeah. that era. And That now, was pretty early, though, right? That was a while ago. That, that was, was, what, like 2006 or something, maybe? Yeah, I'm not good with and, dates. And now, and now uh, startups are selling to other start to other companies for a uh, billion dollars, like yeah, Tumblr that's ridiculous. And Instagram so. on the on the homepage of Slack, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. You got to see this video that an acquaintance of mine, uh, Adam at Sandwich Video, made. Uh, look at the look at the way they're marketing this product. By the way, the headline is so yeah, comma we tried Slack dot 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 subhead. The Sandwich Video team tried Slack. Turns out it really did change the way they communicate, and then you just got this play button. Um, yep. And then the video's everything that Sandwich Video always does. They're the, they're the freaking... They're so good. They're the best. It's And I don't know. I've met a handful of people on the team, and, I, and I've had a bunch of conversations with Adam over the years, but um, I and he's just, I, I don't know if it's all him or if it's a lot of other people that are responsible for the just the, the thoughtful, quirky... You know humanity of these videos, but they're so great. You know, yeah, he's kind of like what? Go ahead. I said I'll put a link to the to sandwich video in the uh, in the show notes so that you can just kind of look through some of these things. They're so good. They're so good. He's kind of like the Wes Anderson of of web commercials. He's like he's exactly that like the people have like put like shot to shot wes anderson shots next to <laughs> adam's shots and there's a lot going on there but i mean it's fascinating he's in going all the way back to the beginning um birdhouse was his first video that he made and uh, at least that that i can that i i know of and birdhouse was a twitter app that he worked on with a friend a thing to write tweets a little app to write tweets in a sort of uh, a workshop so to speak and then you just save it there you star it if you want to come back to it later it's just like sort of a uh, uh, uh maybe i'll tweet this later list where you can work on your tweets and try to like wordsmith them and it's fat i used to, i used to love that app back when i tweeted um but uh that is where he got his start in this stuff is yep. making is scratching his own itch making a thing and then needing to tell the story of that thing and then be, being becoming the one that slack says we've got to get him to tell our story the biggest the fastest growing b2b startup in all time i just like pick it it's so cool i just um it's just like the underdog winning always Gets me all fired up. It makes me want to beat my own butt. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Go deep in my own pain. Speaking of underdogs, so let's jump from like the venture-backed world over to the bootstrap world. Mm. And I think MailChimp is my favorite example of a company that's been bootstrapped. And they're also local to Atlanta, so that adds to the story for me. But right before we jumped on the call today, they released a little ebook called the UX Reader. And... UX is this fancy design term for user experience. And essentially, it's kind of the end-to-end experience that your customer has with your company or your product as they become your customer and stay your customer. And I love MailChimp for the fact that they have a number of dedicated teams who solely focus on user experience. So like, I've got a buddy who works over there, and he's on their user uh, research team. And he not only does it in Atlanta, but he travels around the world to talk to MailChimp customers and understand how they're using uh, MailChimp, the app. And they've got you know a UX design team and all this different stuff. So this ebook is basically a collection of essays about how they approach user experience design from end to end at MailChimp. And it's just fascinating to see how they operate because normally they're very closed off to sharing a lot about what they're doing, especially in the press. 
So this was kind of a curated way for them to produce something internally and put it out into the world. And it's like five bucks and the five bucks goes to a charity or a nonprofit dedicated to teaching code to a more diverse population. So anyways, it's cool. I like that. That is that yep. is cool. And it's a great looking again for me, I'm putting together this copywriting course right now. And so I'm always like looking at everything, looking for great examples. And just now I have all these words that I can kind of categorize what people are doing here. You know, and like for instance, the U the MailChimp isn't doing a great job on this page of telling me what this is, but right. they have a large audience. They don't need to necessarily. They are, they are so, and it's also like we know who they are. We know what they stand for. They get to just say whatever they want and it still works. That's what's so beautiful about like the, the subtleties of copyright, of communicating on the web, getting someone to click a button. But the UX reader, what I, what it, what I want to see is that headline that tells, that like nails, uh, you know, something about either what I'm getting out of this or the spirit of the moment about this thing or mm-hmm. you know with the subhead about uh i mean i look at this thing and i see the five dollar proceeds benefit uh five dollars is what it costs and the proceeds benefit rails bridge i don't know what rails bridge is at all um but uh i would i, I basically the only reason why i want to buy this book is is just to support that thing now and and you know have a thing from mailchimp just to look at it because it's five bucks it's like whatever you know right and they've they've, they've got a beautiful page here it's clearly well thought out and considered i bet the reading the book but what, am I, what, what are you gonna do you get a pdf you're gonna scroll through it one time you're like oh that's great and then you don't unless you're smart and you have a folder somewhere for ebooks that you bought just to buy and one day maybe you'll look at them <laughs> like i have that folder right I have that one too <laughs> it's like what we need to actually that's a that'd be a hilarious app to make or like a a faux video to make because i think most people who are online like have have those folders where it's like it's just a bunch of ebooks that maybe maybe i'll get to like the one bootstrap one from seth godin and then this thing and whatever anyways it, it is so it, it's funny what's that once you open this thing they they do have a subhead and they do have a description of the charity which is so weird because you'd think they'd have it on the outside yeah. so the subhead is insights on process and purpose from mailchimp's user experience team and then RailsBridge, they say, we love their commitment to increasing diversity in the tech world by teaching women and people from other underrepresented groups to code. And it's especially gratifying to see our efforts to improve our own work do the same for others. Yeah, see, that, so, like, that's, that's what that's, you want to see. And I, that, I think, does such a better job of this, um, which is hilarious because that's a book about UX. Right. Um, <laughs> that is really funny to me. So let's see. Corbett, you mentioned a belt. What's the deal with the belt? Oh, this is cool, you guys, because... <laughs> Corbett just turned into the grandpa t- talking about, uh, like, yeah, he hey, you guys, have you seen that you could share photos on the internet? <laughs> this is just one of those nerdy things. Like, I had a watch a while back. I think it was a Nixon watch called The Dork, and um, <laughs> it looked like a regular watch, except it had, a, it had a button on it, and if you pushed it, it would tell you the time out loud. Mm. Um, and uh, this belt kind of reminds me of that. It's sort of like a, yeah, like an Inspector Gadget kind of thing. Basically... It's a belt that will charge your phone or whatever device you have. It just has a little dongle that you can plug your phone into, and and basically the belt has a battery concealed in it. Uh, and it looks like a pretty stylish belt, like a nice-looking <laughs> belt. You guys, um, Chase and Caleb, I think, had this case called the Mophie. Yeah. Um, which is cool. You know, it, it charges your phone or gives you extra battery or whatever, but it also makes your phone really bulky. Yeah, I mean, no, and, nobody wants to have a big phone, right, Corbett? Well, <laughs> not... Not if you don't need it, because you have an incredible screen. Uh, the joke being that Corbett has the 6 Plus iPhone, and he cannot get it out of his pocket without standing up. Keep going. So <laughs> you've got the belt. Well, I don't have the belt. No, I mean, you're I, talking about the belt. It's, it's, uh, it powers yeah, so, this, so this belt just launched on Kickstarter um, yesterday, I guess. And uh, I think it's 100 If you want the actual belt, it looks like it's $155 right now. It's called the Zoo, X-O-O. And um, yeah, it, it looks cool. It, this is the the first time I thought, oh, that's a the phone battery, extra phone battery that I could actually carry with me. And you, could, the uh, funny the, to me, honestly, you know what sells this for me is on this page, which I'll put in the show notes, uh, is the little thing that flips down. So the phone is in your pocket, and the little charger bit comes down into your pocket. So exactly. it's just while you're walking around, it's charging. It's not like you're taking your belt off and on the on the table next to you at the coffee shop. It's just in your pocket. Slidding down, you know, real, real discreet, you know, nobody has to know what's going on here. Just you and a couple little dongles doing whatever you want. 
Exactly. With your body. It says it'll charge your phone in uh, in two hours, which is pretty cool. So, you know, you can be out at a conference, run out of phone battery, <laughs> stick your phone in your pocket, plug the dongle in, and you're off to the race. <laughs> the dongle. I, just, when you say plug the dongle in, I, my <laughs> mind races. Uh, speaking of charging your phone in a short amount of time, I don't know if you guys all know this, but if you put your phone into airplane mode while you charge it, it will charge in a fraction of the time. So you can have that on the house. Um, Pretty crazy. As long as we're talking about phones, uh, I got to use Apple Pay the other day. Let's hear it. And it was effing great. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Was it? Yes, really. So I uploaded all my cards uh, to it. And my dream, you guys made fun of me for my wallet size when I was with you in San Francisco. Yeah. So you, you could, yeah. you're like you're gonna, it's s- ridiculous. You're gonna set your you whole had, back out of whack with that. But you thing. had like a Sam's Club card and a library card. <laughs> you're like, you had well, a Hollywood I have like video four card. coffee shops I go to, and I've got like, I'm, you know, I'm working my way up to getting all ten of them clicked in there. Yeah, you well, had listen. a video rental card. That made no sense. <laughs> a video if, rental. I did not have a video you had, rental. You had a card. zoo membership card. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you go to the zoo? Well, you had your. F- mechanics like business card in there like you can't just write that down somewhere at home you had your sailor's permit you don't even have a fishing license (laughs) just leave it with your bag well here's the deal with passbook from apple if these companies would get with it i could have all of it in my phone and then i wouldn't have to carry a big wallet so anyways i was at whole foods buying my groceries and i just opened passbook held my thumb on the little thumb reader held my phone within distance of the scanner and I was done. And it emailed me my receipt and it was incredible. What was that, a McDonald's nice. or something? Where'd you do that? No, it was Whole Foods, jerk. <laughs> jerk? Well, I, love, I love how counterintuitive it is to me that you're the one who's up in arms about like you know high fructose corn syrup <laughs> and, and these sorts of things. Because it, you, it just doesn't, it just seems so out of place. But it makes sense. I think people uh, that, are, that are a little bit younger than me are probably intelligent people a little younger than me or whatever people on the coasts or in metropolitan areas a little bit younger than me are probably more i i was in a world i lived in a world where nobody knew these things were bad like i might like i lived in that world like honestly for for a very long time and then now of course everything's changed uh and we know how bad these things are but i think you had very little time probably barrett in that world where where it was like moms were giving their three-year-olds pepsis well, I mean, I, you know, we, we grew up pretty healthy in my house, but yeah, we were same kind of way. Like we didn't think there was anything wrong with drinking a Coke every once in a while. We didn't buy it every week, but, and we you didn't think it was know, weird that you were pouring four cups of sugar into a pitcher with Kool-Aid. We had no idea, no. man. We had no, not at all. Idea. Man, okay, so that is uh, that's good. I like I like I like the Apple Pay. That's that's going to be exciting. I- I'm certainly just uh, we live in such a fascinating world. Uh, okay, God, I love how everything's segmenting so perfectly because I just watched Interstellar last night and I need a f- support group for this. It was unreal. That's I'm just going to leave it at that. But the idea, the role that technology is playing in our lives now, and that and that these sorts of concepts, this globalization, this like what, like the the fact that you want, we might be able to travel to even places like Mexico or Thailand or something in in 15 years with only our phone as a payment source, as an identifier, as a as a passport and stuff like that. Right? Like to yep. think about that is insanity to me. And I am like an old man in a movie about the future um which which interstellar does really well uh there's so much i've been mm. i've been using that that passbook feature for uh like when you know sporting events you buy a ticket on StubHub and well, it just goes yeah. to your phone or um airline tickets the only thing i get great. i've only done it with uh alaska tickets because their yeah. app automatically sets it up southwest doesn't automatically set it up that way come on southwest come on get in the ball game I'm a little nervous though when I when that stuff's on the phone, especially now with this gigantic phone I have, uh, that I'm going to drop the phone while I'm trying to show somebody my ticket or something. Yeah, you, know? you should yeah. be. You should. You cannot reach your. You cannot. You literally can't get your hand around it. You have, you have to, to go like two hands. You're relying it. on gravity. I hope you have a sticky case. I do. I do. It's actually uh, covered with maple syrup. Mm. I was going to say yeah. It also works if you just have sticky hands. Ooh, we we got a bit of the fried chicken coming up. Put a honey on it. You know what you think about? <laughs> That's right, big old villain Jamalaya. That's right. Everybody want to be sticky phone. That's why I call me sticky phone fingers. I've been selling some of my mobile phones for several years now, and you know what you're gonna get out of possible forty nine alligators. 
I gave it a big fifty nine alligator. Big fucking alligator. <laughs> Uh, there's one more thing uh, that I think maybe we could we could cover, but we don't really have to. It's uh, Yik Yak, which sounds ridiculous to me. What? Oh my God, it is ridiculous. Where, th- okay, fill me so in. What is this? We're going younger than me here. So we're going down to like high school, current high schoolers and college aged kids. Wow, man. I mean, honestly, you guys, how am I going to relate to my son? How is that well, going to happen? The better question when, is, how is he going to relate to When he you? starts getting into the sh- music that the kids are going to be listening to then and whatever and like he has no risk no self it's no, gonna happen pretty soon buddy dude it, you're gonna have to just wait until he's uh, ready to take on scotch and cigars well my, my one vision for this thing the one little image in my mind is oh i have to continue to embrace uh what i don't understand i have to be i have this vision of myself at burning man in like a turtleneck uh, like a black turtleneck shirt uh, with these with these sort of circular glasses, like I might be a host of an NPR show or something. Uh, and I'm walking around, handing out water bottles, and just going, "This is just terrific! Look at these kids, <laughs> right? This is my vision for me in the future. Is like had, I've had enough LSD trips and drug experiences and things like that to just like I don't need to participate, but I can watch and I can be excited for these people and go like, <laughs> be careful and pass out water bottles and things, but mostly just like to stay in touch with the with the kids or something like that but that's what i feel like it's going to be like just to walk through the streets of any town in america or the world it's just it's, gonna, it's all going to feel like burning man to me when i'm older mm. Mm. which Anywho. which brings us to yik yak yik yeah, yak so is an important new discovery in personal finance tell us more about so it, the, this new thing online is to create anonymous apps where users don't have a real name they don't have an identity it's truly just sharing unfiltered thoughts. Ugh. And so there's all kinds of issues that come up with this thing. But Yik Yak's out of Atlanta, and they've kind of surpassed Whisper and Secret, which were two of the early ones. And they're one of the most downloaded apps on the Apple App Store, sometimes just under Facebook Messenger. So they're crushing it right now. They raised $10 million not long ago in June, and then they just are about to close on $75 million more for an anonymous messaging app that the way that the feed pops up, it looks exactly like Twitter with the same little reply, retweet, whatever buttons. And then it's based on proximity. So I don't know what the proximity limits are, but maybe it's people within a quarter mile of you are who pop up in your feed. So it's been this really, there's a ton of uh, controversy going around them as well, just like Uber, but for different reasons because People use this for things like bullying and threats and all this kind of thing where like people at high schools are uh, dropping threats on this anonymous app and then the high school is having to close for three days because they can't find the person who uh, left the threat. Or yeah, whatever. I listened to a great interview with the CEO from Whisper on This Week in Startups. I'll put that in the in the show notes as well. And uh, I mean, it wasn't, it's not that it was great. It was, it was interesting because the whisper obviously is very similar to this, the, the anonymous sort of sharing of things. And there's all these very serious implications of it. Um, but, uh, so if you want to learn more about that, I'll put that in the show notes and listen. It's just interesting to hear a lot of these interviews on this week. And I like, uh, side note, I like their design, their little logo and, and their fonts and stuff. It's pretty cool. It appeals, it appeals to the high school and college age crowd and it's growing like wildfire in that crowd. Uh, it's going to be interesting yik yak, though. Ride the yak. Am I looking at yeah. the right thing? Yeah. Yep. Ride the yak, bro. It's going to be interesting to see them try and bridge the gap between like play toy to business that makes money. Just like Twitter. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It's an interesting story. I don't know if I get it. You know, I'm already starting to sound like an old man or whatever, but you know, the theory behind these anonymous apps is that you can share information that you wouldn't normally want your name attached to without fear of recourse. Right. And you get some of that, but more often what they're seeing with Yik Yak in particular are just kind of like jokes or people trying to be funny or whatever just to get attention. Isn't um, it the the, uh, the golden rule, them. though, if if you don't want people to know who said it, maybe you shouldn't say it at all? It's a pretty good rule, I think, in general. Yeah, but there's there's so much. I mean, you, it's also as as dangerous as it is, as it is. It's it. There's so much great stuff that can come from just expressing things and hearing other people just th- give it the thumbs up or the arrow up or whatever. And yep. and that is going back to personal blogging, right? It, it is 
self-expression, saying what's actually on your mind is one of the biggest regrets of the dying is that they did not do that. If there's one thing you can put a dent in, in the whole like most common regrets of the dying thing, it's that you can speak your mind more often. Um, right. And I was just thinking about this in the car today. I like wanted to do some like YouTube rant or something about like, listen, you have to understand that whatever you're into, whatever you're uh, thinking, you're not alone and you're okay. Unless, except there's a, there's some exceptions. Here's some exceptions. And I'm like laying out some, all right, you can't be a pedophile. You cannot uh, overpower anyone. <laughs> you cannot rape people. You cannot harm others for your own good. You cannot get off on too much power, all this stuff. And then next thing you know, you got this massive long list. The painful thing about life is there is this real caveat and there's this real uh, darkness that exists in the world because there is so much brokenness in it. But but to, to feel depression for example and to feel like you're so isolated and alone and and like you know <laughs> trying to 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 lift this you know 10,000 pound hammer just to just to get out of bed in the morning that and then to feel some sort of um I, I what's the word I'm looking for not camaraderie but uh not togetherness but uh what's the word I'm looking for here guys where it's like it, it you feel like you're heard or something. Is that bringing something to mind to you? Because there's a mm. there's a word for this. Tweet us at at Fizzle <laughs> if you know what the word is I'm talking about. But when you feel that word that you're going to tweet me, uh, somehow it makes it better. Somehow I feel like that 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 it, it it makes it it makes it easier just to keep going. And and that's what I think apps like these. Yeah, that's what's at the heart of an app like this. That's what's at the heart at the heart of an app like Whisper, um, and it, but of course, humans screw everything up. You know, Seth Godin has this bit about how marketers ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just that it's humans. Maybe it's just that we are wretched things, and we like uh, doing things. Uh, we, we, if you get more than more than ten of us together, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> well, that's why you know I think for me at least in my optimistic youth, it's. You know, if you're one of the good guys, you got to be louder because there's enough bad guys out there making a whole bunch of noise and it's not good for anyone. Yeah, but so also loudness, guys, loudness can be a part, uh, can, can be what keep, keeps you, what, what, what the loudness cycle can pull you away from your goodness over time. So maybe not loud, maybe prolific, like put words on the page, get your message out there. You record the podcast you have, you've been waiting to record, yeah. have the conversation you've been waiting to have because- yeah. You know, yeah, maybe you can get screwed over by the power and the fame and the whatever over time if you get big. But, you know, more often than not, that's not the case, I think. Things fall apart, but do it anyways. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a thing that, I, that I'd like to say right now. And I'm going to put that on a web page. Uh, that, that's all for me. Anything else you guys want to summarize stuff up with? Uh, folks, if you like this sort of thing, a little uh, how's your father for a whole episode, current event kind of stuff. Tell us, please. We'd love to hear it. And um, uh, how is anybody anybody gonna uh, gonna understand like what what that means? Like, like that, I love that there are about two hundred people out there who are gonna know exactly uh, what that means because they've listened to all the episodes or something. But I love that how how that's just like you just piled on a handful of things that are like wait vaguely like what what is he yeah. what is he exactly getting at? And just and leave, if you don't know what I'm talking no, about, just, go listen to the past seventy five episodes. <laughs> no, no, but but uh, but but I do I do like the way you you strung that together. You're like an expert copywriter writer to me because you make you me go. feel uh like like this is our own little inside joke and no, uh, really though we'd love to hear from you i mean yeah we just kind of putzed around here for an hour talking about things that are interesting to us uh things that we're seeing reading out in the world if you liked it great if not it's not gonna offend us yeah yeah and uh to follow on our our previous um request for ideas for segments that we could do you know we could always do similar uh format to the episodes that we've done in the past but maybe a segment is you know just one cool thing that's that's going on current you know that we could talk about yeah you know one thing well. we didn't get to is is tim cook's so we'll have to save that for the for the next one because that, right. that's an exciting thing yeah uh, three straight guys talking about somebody coming out that should be interesting uh well <laughs> only somewhat straight so uh <laughs> anything else barrett from you no no this is good i enjoyed it all uh, right i have been chase warbin reeves and uh, check out our blog challenge, fizzle.co slash blog challenge. Or whatever. I, Make sure you end these things with or whatever. Come on. Or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. Fizzle.co slash. I'll be, doing, I'll be doing the blog challenge. So, you know, if you guys want to join me. 
Okay, I got it. I have been Corbett Barr. <laughs> go, go for it again, Corbett. What? Got it. I have been. Uh, <laughs> what was the URL again? I have been Corbett Barr. <laughs> As Spinker says what? <laughs> oh, God, I got to end this. I've been Baird Brooks. <laughs> Oh, God. I have got to. You two are just, I mean. Can I? Wow. Oh, gosh. I'm retiring to my mahogany desk again. I like the idea of Nicole just going like, what the hell is with the desk, Barrett? (laughs) You have this, like, massive, like, you have to, like, widen the door just to get it into every house you rent at. And you're just like, babe, I'm sorry. It's just something that I have to do. You've got the, like, plastic mat on the ground. Big old Chase told me so. Executive. Like, that that rich sort of uh, burgundy color chair. I also have a nameplate. Oh, and it, God. it faces the front. It says 13-year-old executive, <laughs> and it has two pens in it. The, like, gold pens. A couple, you know, really, a couple really world really... clocks on the counter. Uh, well, that's, uh-huh, that's uh, uh-huh. the time it is in Shanghai, FYI. There's also a globe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> little list in the corner of the 10 things yep. you say to yourself every morning. Mm-hmm. A humidor. <laughs> I am smart. Uh, oh, we've reached the uh, optics. You guys crack yourselves up. So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 82. We're going to find lots of links. All of the stories that we linked to or that we talked about are going to be found there if you want to learn more. Uh, also, a link to the Slack uh, homepage. You should watch that video. Uh, and I also put another video on this on the show notes page uh, of the Steve Jobs quote I was talking about. That is fizzleshow.co slash 82. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 82. Here's a note from Gabby in Australia. Uh, in her iTunes review, she says, I love their insights, humor, and intelligence. And above all, I love that they're prepared to go deep into not only business, but themselves and their foibles. Foibles. Not only business, but their foibles as well. Foibles. What a word. It's business with an artistic sensibility. And yes, Chase, you can use that. Thanks, Gabby. Listen, if you like this show, maybe leave your own iTunes rating for us. We would uh, we would love that. You know, it doesn't cost you much. It's real quick to do. And it means the world to us. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. Maybe, we, maybe you can let us know one of your favorite little uh, inside jokes from the show there in your review. Please. In America, it's... Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, all right? A time we all get thoughtful for a moment. Remember how difficult it can be to stay in a relationship with these people we call our family. <laughs> if you're in that boat, I salute you. I am, I am grateful that we're not alone. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.